the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece I hope you'll enjoy from my friend, Dennis Prager. Well, the woman who wrote this book, Debunking Howard's Inn, is an accomplished writer herself. She's a resident fellow at the Alexander Hamilton Institute for the Study of Western Civilization, which I would like to know more about. Mary Graybar, G-R-A-B-A-R. The book, Debunking Howard's Inn, is up at DennisPrager.com. Mary Graybar, welcome to my show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, Did you happen to know, I don't think you would, but did you happen to know I interviewed him on my show once? Um, No, I didn't. That's fascinating. I would like to see that. (laughs) Yes, it is utterly fascinating. You could could check it out on on Google. You can, uh, because I wrote a piece on it quoting him. Do you know that I, I asked him, I just want to tell you two things, and then I want, obviously, you, you to be the focus of, of the attention. But you, you will find this just illuminating. I asked him, and this I've repeated often to my listeners, do you think the world is, is better or worse because there is a United States of America in it? And he thought for a moment, and he basically said he's agnostic. That he could not say the world is any better. Uh, the implication ultimately was that it was worse, but in, in direct answer, it was uh, you know the world was no better off because the U.S. existed. And then I said, you know, you accuse the U.S. of going into all these wars for imperialist and economic reasons. So uh, what about World War Two? And he uh, said he didn't think uh, that that was uh, worth fighting either. World War Two. Hmm. So yeah, <laughs> this is the guy. How, this is the guy you just spent I don't know how long reading, and I, I commend you for doing that. So tell everybody before we talk about what he said, what what is his accomplishment? Well, his accomplishment is to write this history book that has broken all records uh, for a book of its type. It's a crossover book, which is what publishers really like to have, um, because it's a book that can be sold as a textbook and also uh, to a general audience. Um, So his book has sold well over 2.6 million copies since 1980 when it was first published. So it's been in publication for almost 40 years. And uh, and it's also unusual in the respect that, unlike other books, you know, where sales taper off after the initial, um, you know, push, his just keep increasing every year, and his influence keeps growing. 
And, uh, you know, there are also spin-off books, graphic adaptations, um, curricular materials, um, you name it, songs are written about him. He is the rock star of historians. He taught at where? Boston University? Yes, uh, after he taught at Spelman College for seven years. And so he had the credential of a historian. Um, yes, he had a Ph.D. from uh, Columbia, and he was capable of writing a legitimate history. His dissertation on LaGuardia was, uh, had won a prize, actually, after it was published by a university press. So uh, he, he knew what the craft required, and he was able to do it. Um, but everything he wrote after that uh, is not legitimate history. I haven't been able to find anything that he wrote that, could be uh, loosely called scholarly. And the thesis of his uh, people's history is? Uh, Basically that uh, the United States uh, is really a fiction. It has no right to exist. Uh, It was founded uh, on the basis of illegitimacy. Uh, You know, it's the result of uh, pillage, you know, beginning with uh, the discovery of the New World by Christopher Columbus, and uh, it's been nothing but a series of wars, persecutions, um, <laughs> theft, uh, you know, the capitalists, uh, you know, setting up a system just to enrich themselves. And, uh, you know, in a people's history, you get the impression that we would be better off without the United States at all. Um, you know, so uh, what he told you was, uh, I think, a little uh, tame compared to what he said. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with that. But even even agnostic is disgusting. The world, you can't say the world is any better because there is the United States of America in it. I mean, it's that's just it's sick. So I am curious. Did he uh, did he think any country was better? Um. He's had a lot of nice things to say for, um, you know, budding communist regimes. And, uh, you know, he did admit, you know, that Stalin kind of, you know, did some, some bad things, you know, of course doesn't admit the extent of it. But, um, you know, there are so many, uh, uprisings of people that wanted a communistic government that would finally bring about justice. But the United States, this imperialistic power always quashed them. Of course, all these, um, you know, so-called people's uprisings were really backed by the Soviet Union, and the people were terrorized. <laughs> so uh, he, he lies about that. But he, he presents this kind of vision that this is what it could be if only the United States would get out of the way and allow, you know, the people to install this kind of, um, you know, grassroots communistic government. So I, I didn't ask him, but had I said to him, okay, so America is really bad, who's pretty good? Would he have had an answer? Um, well, he, he thought highly of the Viet Cong. <laughs> and I kind of go in. Really? In one chapter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's one of the uh, lies that he presents. Um you know, what I was trying to do in this book is, you know, you knew that Howard Zinn was really bad. And, you know, most 
people who do love this country, you know, pick up his book and, and think, wow, this is terribly slanted. But as I researched it, I found that he um, misrepresented authors' words. He um, left out critical information. He plagiarized. So not only is it a book, a hateful book about the United States, it's also a fraudulent history. It's full of lies. I mean, there are lies on every single page. Wow. How long did it take you to write this? Well, I've actually been following Howard Zinn for about a decade. I, you know, I wrote a report, and I've been writing articles now and then. Uh, I really started, uh, you know, on this a couple years ago, I would say, uh, and, and really going back to his sources. Uh, you know, he has a bibliography, no footnotes. Um, you know, looking at his papers at New York University, going to the Library of Congress, Emory, um, you know, the Martin Luther King Jr. Center. And, uh, you know, comparing what he says in his book to what's in the record and to what other historians say, historians, uh, by the way, who are both conservative and uh, leftists, mm-hmm. I look at, you know, all, you know, I try to cover a wide range. And uh, so when you compare what Howard Zinn says uh, to what they say, he is just factually wrong. It's not just he's putting a how you big know, a is spin. how big is the uh, how how big does the American Indian loom in his work? Well, he looms very big uh, in the way that he looms big in William Z. Foster's. Uh, history of the Americas, uh, William Z. Foster, the communist leader who wrote a book in 1951, um, and both Howard Zinn and Foster. And, and as you probably know, Howard Zinn was a member of the Communist Party. I did not know that. How do you know he was a, in the Communist Party? Well, um, I have looked at his FBI files, uh, it's about over two, 500 pages. Uh, Ron Radosh, who uh, is an expert on such things, I think he was a member for just a brief period. Um, Hello, did we lose our guest? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Uh, we have a. Uh, <laughs> we're next to the volunteer fire department in this village here, but but um, yeah. So. Um, he analyzed uh, the file as well and said uh, almost certainly that uh, Howard Zinn was a member of the Communist Party. He denied it, of course, but he taught at a communist school. Uh, there were several people who, uh, you know, uh, told the FBI agents that uh, he had told them about the Communist Party. They had seen him at meetings. Uh, but like most of the communists during that period, he denied it and um, gave up official membership so he could infiltrate the institutions, and uh, he went into higher education. Was he raised a diaper, ba- a red diaper baby? Um. No, he was born in 1922 uh, and grew up in Brooklyn, which was the epicenter of the American communist movement in the 1930s. And so he writes about this in his autobiography, where the communists, the older guys, would come into the neighborhood and recruit when Zinn was a teenager. 
And so he claims that, you know, he he was in a protest uh, near, I think it was Broadway, and the police came in and started knocking heads, and he was hit unconscious and woke up uh, with this thought that, you know, that the United States could not be reformed. It was beyond reform, and that the communists really had uh, some pretty good ideas. And uh, so, you know, since that time, he, you know, was a member of the communist party. I mean, he worked, uh, uh, you know, he worked at, he did some manual labor. His co-workers said, I think it was a loading dock, one job. They said that he was a communist. Um, so, uh, and also if you, if you uh, read his writings, not only a people's history, but uh, his essays, articles for these radical journals, he's always promoting communism. Communism is the alternative to the injustices of the United States. I mean, in his opinion, uh, the United States is corrupt and illegitimate. Right. Well, that's pretty much uh, how now mainstream uh uh, professors will uh, and, and journalists will depict the United States. I want to get back to the American Indian. Did he charge uh, in his book? Uh, did he charge America with genocide? Uh, yes, basically, uh, it starts with um, Columbus, and uh, so he has that famous opening where he says that uh, you know these Arawak uh, Indians—that's uh, the term he uses for them. Came, you know, came swimming up to the boat that Columbus was on, um, and they brought them uh, gifts and food. Um, but then, uh, you know, Western civilization that was marked by the religion of, and I'm reading a short passage, by the religion of popes, the government of kings, the frenzy for money, uh, <laughs> led uh, to the tor- torture and murder of them. And um, as a result, the population was just about wiped out. And the same thing, uh, you know, with the, the colonists. They, you know, it was, uh, you know, the European style of war to attack uh, civilians, which were, and, you know, the Indians didn't even know of such a concept, which is completely false. So, um, so he presents, uh, you know, the uh, the Americas as this um, kind of paradise or Garden of Eden, and then the evil Western capitalists come in and ruin it all, which is exactly the uh, the same thing that William D. Foster, the Communist Party leader, says. So, uh, you know, they're they're both uh, presenting the same uh, interpretation of what happened um, to ruin this paradise that was here. Do you deal in your book with? What actually happened with regard to the American Indian or the Native American? What What is your uh, quick answer to the charge of genocide? Uh, well, well, no, that's nonsense. <laughs> you know, the, the Europeans, uh, the, uh, the colonists did not commit genocide. Uh, that is, you know, nonsense. I mean, there were some diseases brought in um, unintentionally, and there were wars. But, um, you know, the Indian uh, tribes were battling each other uh, long before the Europeans came. And um, so that is completely false. All right. Listen, this is a very important book, and I salute you, Mary Graybar. Debunking Howard Zinn, it's really also basically debunking the left. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. 
Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.